with increasing frequency, I am hearing the following from the people of St. John's Cathedral. I am ready for this to be over. When will this end? I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can do this again. It is becoming too much. The it and this to which you and I refer is the sense of foreboding looming over many with the exponential rise in COVID cases, the emergence of the contagious Delta variant, uncertainty about whether our cities and states will reimpose measures for social distancing, and the unending clouds of smoke billowing into this state from California. Every existential question I've heard from you over the past few weeks has been circumspect, honest, and wise, because you are circumspect, honest, and wise people. I do not know a single person who woke up in the third week of March 2020 and imagined life would still be this uncertain in August 2021. And if you did, please see me after the service because I have a business proposal for you. For months on end, we have celebrated the sacred mysteries, received the sacraments, and faithfully prayed for God to end our suffering or simply provide us with a little relief if possible. We have checked on one another at coffee hour, over Zoom, by email, and over the phone. We have gotten vaccinated kept our distance when necessary, and not celebrated holidays with loved ones in order to keep them and ourselves safe. We come to this holy ground and form this sacred gathering from a number of places, both physical and emotional. Never forget that. That's just good to know as church, that just because we're in the same room does not mean that we are here for the same reasons. And that's just a fundamental value in Episcopal community. And no matter the particular reason you found yourself crossing the threshold into St. John's Cathedral today, please know that you are here because it is Jesus Christ who sparked that invitation inside of you. Yes, the Jesus who says, my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood dwell in me and I in them. However strange those words sound to us, they are the words of a God who is wildly in love with us and desires that we live our life from that place of profound love. When I hear Jesus say, my flesh is food indeed, I cannot help but imagine a scene from the fifth century, which may tell you more about me than you want to know. <laughs> Around the year 414 or 415, St. Augustine, 
the African bishop and theologian, is speaking to a group of people who have just been baptized. He points to a loaf of consecrated bread on the altar. That bread which you can see on the altar, sanctified by the word of God, is the body of Christ, he says, just before asking a series of rhetorical questions. Was that loaf made from one grain? Weren't there many grains of wheat? But before they came into the loaf, they were all separate. They were joined together by means of water after a certain amount of pounding and crushing. One is left to wonder, is St. Augustine preaching a sermon or is he leading a baking class? And then he makes the connection, as every good preacher wants to do. He goes on to say this, in the same way, you too were being grounded and pounded, as it were, by the humiliation of fasting and the sacrament of exorcism. And I'll add a note here. We don't require that people fast before being baptized anymore, just in case that scares anyone from being baptized. And he says, then came baptism, and you were, in a manner of speaking, moistened with water in order to be shaped into bread. St. Augustine, if you would notice, and other Christians throughout history, focus and, and bring us to this point that seeing that the sacramental life, a life spent in intimacy with God and in Christian community, praying, feasting on Jesus' flesh and drinking his blood, is not overly romanticized. It's easy to romanticize things like that, but he does not overly romanticize it. Being the beloved of God, being a person who is loved by God, does not insulate me or you from difficult circumstances. No, being the beloved of God means we are fortified by God the Holy Spirit to face difficulty head on. He goes on to say, if you receive bread and wine well, you are yourselves what you receive. You are yourselves what you receive. Every occasion that crushes or grinds you has the counterintuitive result of refining you, however noticeable or not into the very body and flesh of Christ. And I do ask that you stay tuned because next week's sermon will explore a very broad and generous definition of the word flesh that Jesus uses in John 6. Said another way, it's not even so much that suffering and difficulties make us the body of Christ as much as they awaken us to who and whose we are. You're already the body of Christ. You don't need to suffer in order to know that. The suffering brings that, though, to the surface. 
in just a moment. We will open our palms and hear a priest say, the body of Christ, the bread of heaven. And we will open our mouths and in response say, amen. Or if you grew up Baptist, amen. The Hebrew word for yes, or may it be so. The yes that comes out of your mouth, that comes out of my mouth, is a yes to our humanity, a yes to love, a yes to the reality that we ourselves are what we receive, even the body of Christ, broken and poured out for the life of the world. And nothing we face, nothing we face, whether it be a pandemic driven by, stubborn, by a stubborn variant, nor a climate crisis driven by stubborn inaction can change that. You will still be the body of Christ, whether you like it or not. Amen.